You're listening to The Preppy Podcast. I'm your host, Patricia May Marish, and I'll be interviewing the brands, businesses, and influencers who are keeping the modern preppy lifestyle alive. Each Tuesday, I'll bring you a new episode, but if you're craving more preppy, then shop the merch at thepreppypodcast.com and follow at The Preppy Podcast on social media. so excited for this week's episode. It is with Annabelle, one of the founders of the Nori Press, which if you don't know about the Nori Press, you need to go and get one now. It will change your life of making your clothes not have any wrinkles or creases. Um, So I'm excited to talk about how they came up with the idea with you in today's episode. But before that, I'm excited to announce the third annual Brim Retreat is happening April 25th through 27th in Greenville, South Carolina. If you haven't heard, the Brim Retreat is a three-day event led by Sally Holder for entrepreneurs entrepreneurs from across the country who are looking to connect, learn, and grow their business. I read Sally's book after hearing her at the Southern Sea, and I just loved her story. I loved all of her advice, so I know this is going to be a great retreat. The retreat is full of opportunities to work and learn alongside industry experts and special guest speakers like Jessica Randall of Leffler Randall and Karen Moran Hamilton, the winner of HGTV's Design Star Next Gen. It's truly an inspiring lineup with more being added daily. To get your spot, visit bit.ly slash broom retreat to sign up today. Only 35 tickets are left, so don't miss out. And don't forget to enter the code the preppy podcast under who referred you when you complete your ticket at checkout. I hope that you guys will attend. Um, and I know you're going to learn so much there. All right. So why don't you let everyone know who you are, where you live and what you do? Yes, of course. So, hi. Um, thank you so much for having me. I am Annabelle Love. I'm the co-founder and chief operating officer of Nori. Uh, Nori is a clothing care brand built for this next generation. Um, and our hero product is the Nori Press, which is a handheld steam iron. Uh, and I live here in the Big Apple in New York City. So fun. And I've had my Nori for probably about a month now, and I love it. But we're going to talk more about Nori in a little bit. But first, I want to start at the beginning. So tell me about growing up. Like, were you entrepreneurial? Were you creative? Like, what was your childhood like for you? Yeah, so it's funny. So I grew up outside of San Francisco in the Bay Area. So I was kind of exposed to startups my entire life. Uh, My dad is pretty entrepreneurial. He's in the startup scene. Um, And so when I was younger, he was always like encouraging us to do lemonade stands. So we were always baking cookies, selling fresh lemonade. Um, And then the real kind of idea actually, which is funny, was I was babysitting for a lot of kids within our town. And I noticed that there was a huge high demand in the summer months and the winter months. So I created this like day camp uh, during the holidays and summer called Kooky Kids Camp. Uh, And some people still ask me about it. They're like, whatever happened to Kooky Kids Camp? I'm like you know what? Nori actually took off. So we're going with Nori. But um, yeah, so I started kind of being exposed to different startups. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to pursue new, pursue Nori, I was really excited and just thrilled by the opportunity. That's so fun. I feel like a lot of people that I interview on here, most are from the East Coast for some reason. Yeah. So it's cool that you were out there on the West Coast and exposed to like this startup culture, which is really fun. Totally. Yeah. California is great for that. And startup was never kind of this like scary word. And 
we were always exposed. My dad was always telling us to take risks and learn from our mistakes. And it was okay to make mistakes. It was okay to fail, um, which is kind of the mindset that some entrepreneurs have, which is great. So I was able to kind of learn that from a young age, uh, which is definitely helpful for my career now as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And you know what else is funny is the fact that um, some other people have mentioned um, babysitting as kind of how they got into entrepreneurship. And I feel like we don't always equate that to entrepreneurship. But it's so true. You have to, you know, have a schedule. You have to um, coordinate things with adults. You have to market yourself to adults, basically, a lot of times when you're a kid. Um, So it's a lot of great skill sets that you learn from babysitting. Yeah, no, babysitting was great. And doing this camp, it was fun. It was, it was honestly like a camp for me too. Cause I was like planning out all these arts and crafts for the kids activities. Um, so it was like an adult camp for me running it for all these younger kids, um, which was so fun. Very cool. Now, when it came time then for college, where and what did you end up studying? Was it something to do with business? Was it completely different? Yeah, no, great question. So I, uh, went to Wake Forest university in North Carolina, um, had the best four years, incredible, great school. Uh, and I studied communications and I minored in entrepreneurship and journalism. Um, but it's funny because everyone's like, did you do computer science or business or um, something with hardware? Because with hardware products, you kind of have to have that yeah. kind of mindset. But I actually did the complete opposite, um, which was great because I was able to then kind of learn those skills that within my major and minor and apply that now. Um, but yeah, no, we did, I did a summer business management program my sophomore year, uh, where I learned kind of the basics of accounting and spreadsheets and things like that. But I was not a business major, um, nor was I a computer science or anything, but learned a lot through my communications and entrepreneurship and then, uh, writing skills through my journalism minor as well. Yeah, that actually is a good point because I would think with you know, a product like yours, you would have had a background in more sciencey, like tech stuff. So that's interesting. I love to hear that though. Now then, okay. So you have your degree in communication. So Mm -hmm. what did you do after college? Like what was your first career? Yeah. So my first career, I actually worked uh, for an interior decorator. So I did interior design and it was there that I was kind of able to master branding, uh, design, marketing, Um, And interior design has a lot of supply chain logistics, which Mm -hmm. um, actually applies great to my role at Nori because I handle all of our supply chains. So um, I learned a ton of skills there and had a really great time and um, loved all the colors and everything. So I really enjoyed doing that. Oh, wow. That's so interesting. I feel like... um... I actually love interior design too. It's kind of like a fun hobby of mine. And right. I have a communications degree. So it's funny that we overlap in that yes. sense. Um, so similarities. Yes. And I actually That's like, fun. I had a quarter life crisis and I went and worked with an interior designer for yeah. a little bit. And it is so true. There's so much to manage with the supply chain and then getting yeah. it to the customer and, you know, all that back yeah. and forth. It's a lot. Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of back and forth in between it all, um, which is so interesting, but helped me, helped me prepare for my role here. So very grateful for it. Yeah. So, okay. So you're working with um, an interior designer. Mm-hmm. Then from there, did you start Nori right away or was there something in between? Yeah, no, great, um, great question. So basically, uh, Nori actually started in our entrepreneurship class at Wake Forest. So oh. um, this was a consumer pinpoint that both my co-founder and I had. Um, we just didn't have attachments to these kind of outdated market solutions, right? So 
steamers were super leaky. There was water spillage everywhere. I was like, oh my God, I can't be having water like drip down my blouse as I'm going into an interview. Um, ironing boards are very clunky. Uh, we just didn't have the space in our apartment for a massive clunky ironing boards. And dry cleaning was super expensive and all those reoccurring dry cleaning bills. So my co-founder and I would always use our hair straightener, which you kind of talked about earlier, which I love that you have used. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, absolutely love that. Um, so we used this like, DIY hack of using our hair straightener to remove wrinkles from our clothing. Um, and when we were at Wake, we were tasked as both entrepreneurship minors, we were tasked to create a business plan um, in our entrepreneurship class. So it was there that we fleshed this idea out very loosely. So we talked to a bunch of different classmates. Um, everyone was having these similar frustrations. People were saying that they were putting their shirts in steamy showers. Uh, yeah. Someone said that they were uh, putting their shirt underneath a mattress. I was like, okay, to remove wrinkles, if you're putting it under a massive mattress, there's got to be a better way. So, um, which was kind of crazy. But then two years after um, we graduated, Courtney and I both quit our full-time jobs. And this is when we pursued it full-time. And really took it just from this loose idea into a real business plan um, with the business model and everything behind it. So um, that's kind of our journey uh, from the very beginning. Wow, that is so interesting. And yeah, we were yeah. talking before I hit record on the podcast about how, yeah, I always used to use my straightener to get creases and wrinkles out of shirts yes. and skirts and things like that, especially I travel a lot for work. So like yes. sometimes, you know, you don't, a steamer takes up a lot of room or like you don't always have an iron board and, you know, all yeah. those logistics. So I oh think that gosh. when I got my Nori, I was like, oh my God, this is so genius. <laughs> You're like, finally, someone that's actually, it's so funny. People were like, how is this not created? I was like, you know, we, we just went for it. But um, yeah, it's a lot of people were having kind of those similar narratives of those crazy DIY hacks. Um, yeah. And my mom, she would always say like, oh, just like put it in the bathroom when you're taking a hot shower yes. and then like steam out. So I think that's like an old one too that people oh would gosh. use. I, yeah, totally. I, <laughs> I used to do that until we had the Nori when traveling in hotels, especially. I was like, okay, steamy shower shirt. Here we go. So um, now there's a better way, but there are definitely, definitely. Of, um, different DIY hacks. So now let's talk more about Nori. So you guys came up with this idea in college. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me then when you officially decided to launch it, like to make this happen from idea to reality. And what were sort of those first steps? Like I'm assuming, you know, finding manufacturer, testing some things out, website. Like talk to me about that process. Yeah, totally. So um, it was two years after we had this idea. We were working on Nori kind of on the side as the both of us were pursuing our full-time careers in New York City. Um, and then it kind of just got to the point where we were like, we want to take this seriously and really just relaunch this business, right? So we started, the very first way that we started is how do we de-risk this idea? Um, both Courtney and I are pretty risk-averse people. So we're like kind of, how do we make this entrepreneurial jump less scary? And how do we, what are the thoughtful steps that we need to take in order to create like a successful launch or whatnot? So what we did is that we raised, we first started out by just raising a small amount of capital. Um, and this was required. Hardware is a fairly capital intensive uh, business. You have to build your prototypes. You have to manufacture. There's tooling costs. There's molding costs. Um, there's prototyping costs. And then obviously there's the cost of goods of the manufacturing of the product itself. So we kind of figured out how much do we need 
um, to raise in order to get us to that to that point? Um, and how much do we need to uh, raise also to really build out a thoughtful marketing stack that would allow us to get the word out um, and acquire these new customers? So um, that's kind of after we raised that capital, um, we then talked to as many people as we could. And we built out an advisory board um, with mentors that specialize in different things. And I think if there's one thing I would say to any entrepreneur or budding entrepreneur, anyone is always take a phone call because you never know where that conversation might lead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've learned so many things along the way. And it was really through those mentors that were able to say, um, this works for paid social, this works for um, various Instagram ads. Why don't you try this? You have a pretty demonstrative product. So trying to do different videos and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so after we kind of built up the advisory board, we raised our capital. We went through the prototyping phase. We had a prototype, um, manufacturing, um, and then obviously building out the website. Uh, we first did that. We hired a great brand designer in London. Um, she helped us really bring the Nori brand to life. And then once we had those brand assets, we were able to translate that to um, a digital experience that we would be really excited about because uh, originally our website launched on direct-to-consumer. So we were just direct-to-consumer. So we wanted to make our website um, and our packaging feel like a whole gift and a whole new experience in itself. Um, Nori is the first digitally native iron on the market. So we were kind of first sold online, which when you think about typical irons, uh, they're kind of in those big box retailers. So they're in like the Targets um, and things like that. But we wanted people to have this real connection to our uh, Nori press. Um, And then when it came time to launch, we had our website, we had our packaging, we had manufacturing under control. Um, We had supply chain as under control as possible. It's still, um, supply chain is a little crazy, but we felt definitely really confident and over-prepared for a launch, which I think um, was a great way for us to be able to feel really confident moving forward um, in launching our business. Wow. That like, and so how long did all of that take, would you say, like from deciding, okay, let's make this happen to then having this website that people can shop in your shipping products? Like, was that a year long more? Yeah, I would say the manufacturing process definitely takes a while. So in creating a product, that was like a a year or two, I would say. Um, And then the website and the branding, that was kind of the fun part because the hardware was great. We learned a ton, but um, the circuit boards, the different parts, we were like, this is a whole new language. When it came to different colors and typography, we were like, okay, this is good language that we can easily understand. Um, but I would say the website and packaging and branding and stuff didn't take more than, um, it, I would say it took like a few months or so, but we definitely uh, thought through every single detail and there were many late night conversations over which direction to go. Um, but we enjoyed the whole process and had a really great time doing it. Wow. Okay. Now I want to talk a little bit more about raising capital and then your advisory board, because I feel like not that many people um, on here. There's been a few, I think Addison Bay is one that comes to mind, but not too many people have done that. So what Mm -hmm. are some tips for that, would you say, or why did you decide to go that route? I know we touched on that, you know, it's a little bit less risky if you know you have the funds behind it obviously um but can you elaborate a little bit maybe on some tips around that or some thoughts around it yes absolutely so my co-founder courtney is the 
fundraising guru. She handles all of our fundraising for Nori. She does a fantastic job. Um, but I will kind of say the tips and things that we've worked through as a team together. Um, basically, our approach was that we needed to launch, um, we needed to raise capital before we launched just because hardware, again, is just super capital intensive. So with all of our costs, we didn't want to be out of pocket for that amount. And we wanted to raise the correct amounts that we would feel secure and whatnot moving forward. Um, and basically the way that we've raised up to this point is on convertible notes, which are fairly founder friendly. Um, and we've had kind of great success with that. And in terms of the fundraising um, process in itself, um, Courtney does a really good, great job in talking to, again, networking with as many people as possible. So she's uh, talked to some great founders, and then those founders have been able to um, introduce them to their various uh, investor network and things like that. So again, talking to as many people as possible with, within the fundraising process is great. Um, and then, yeah, she just did... Um, she was able to uh, raise that round and then um, we were able to like bring the product to life. And I would say with our advisory board, uh, we have Dave Heath of Bombas on our advisory board and Jack McHugh of Fabletics. Um, and what we kind of looked for are people that are really specialized within uh, their various industries. So uh, Dave is fantastic at um, marketing and um, Jack is fantastic at supply chain. So um, they both are absolutely wonderful. Um, we also have Ben Smith of Disco. He's a, a wonderful founder of a direct consumer skincare um, company. And yeah, they've just been able to kind of shed light on things that we would have otherwise missed. Um, and I think there's within entrepreneurship, there's no right or wrong answer to a lot of things, but there are so many different um, decisions you have to make. So having someone that has had experience really helps educate you um, in making kind of that decision. So uh, they've all been uh, super, super helpful. And we're really grateful to have that because they've definitely avoided, helped us avoid making some <laughs> massive mistakes, um, which is okay. Mistakes happen. That's totally fine and normal, but um, we're very grateful for their expertise and just knowledge within the various industries. That's such great information right there. All of that was such a good little nugget for listeners. Um, now, for anyone listening that doesn't have an ORI or doesn't know what it is exactly, um, you know, we've talked about what it is, but can you tell us some of the special features? Like, I know because I've played around with it, um, and I think it's so cool how you designed it, but tell me what makes it so special. Totally. So um, I think what's so great is that we tried to, when I was first using an iron, I was kind of intimidated by the user interface of an iron. I was like, okay, what temperature is linen? What temperature is cotton? Um, so we really tried to simplify that. So on the device, there's six fabric specific heat settings. So you turn the device on, dependent on the fabric that you're using, uh, you get to kind of choose that fabric setting. Um, and it's already set at the desired temperature which was great. Um, and then it works as a steamer, it works as a steam iron, and it works as a traditional uh, just standalone iron. Um, and this was unique because we uh, incorporated this optional steam feature to have it be truly an iron and a steamer in one, which um, there's really nothing like that on the market as of right now. Um, and the form factor 
is also super unique. So um, it's about 14 inches in length, so it's super compact. And as you were saying, uh, for travel, it's great for travel because you don't need to bring a massive clunky ironing board. Um, you don't have to, it's just very easy to throw in. It's great for, I live in a tiny New York City apartment, so it's super easy to store. Um, and then there's also like a pointed tip for those kind of hard to reach areas uh, in between buttons and whatnot. It's amazing. It's like so genius. And not only the features, but I love the look of it. Like I have the white one, but I know you have um, a light blue one. You have a navy one. Like they're just so sleek and beautiful and like a normal iron or steamer. (laughs) No, that is, that that is very nice of you. Everyone's like, your iron's iron's kind of sexy. I'm like, heck yeah, we're bringing sexy back to ironing. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> this is very different. We're like, yeah, that's that's the goal. <laughs> so, um, in terms of marketing, what's been your greatest marketing tool? Like, what's been really successful for you getting the word out? Would you say? Yeah, I think for us, uh, we've seen great success with uh, various partnerships with influencers. Um, I think it's a great way to reach. Sorry, excuse me. I think it's a great way to reach um, a large demographic. Um, And in particular, within our marketing stack, the one that is highest converting for us is paid social. So those are those Instagram ads where you mention something and then all of a sudden you receive an Instagram ad. I'm still not entirely sure how that algorithm, it's crazy to me. I'm like saying one thing and I'm getting an ad for lunch or whatever. Um, (laughs) But anyways, I would say paid social, those Instagram ads are definitely our highest converting, uh, biggest marketing tool because it allows us to target different demographics um, and kind of show them the product, especially through the videos, since our product is fairly demonstrative, um, showing how to remove the wrinkles and kind of educating users uh, on the benefits and whatnot, I would say has been our biggest marketing tool. Definitely. And I know um, with the product, you guys have, a, I think it's on YouTube, a video of how to use it. And that was so yes. helpful. Even uh, when I first yes. got it, I watched that and I'm like, oh, this is like super easy. Because obviously a new piece of technology or a product is always intimidating. Mm-hmm. But then once I watched it, I'm like, oh, this is cake. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, now I can do it now. And you're like, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um What would you say in terms of business and in terms of Nori, like has been your greatest success or something you're really proud that you've done with it? Yeah, I would say, um, I think our like greatest success right now, there's so many highs or so many lows or that's a startup, right? But, um, I would say by in general, we have a lot of happy customers. Um, and I think that's because people are really excited to try this new steam iron. I think there's really nothing like it on the market. Um, so people are really jazzed up about it and, our return rate is uh, like 2.29%, which oh. is fairly significantly lower than the average e-com, which is kind of closer to around 20% or so. So people seem to really, which makes our jobs a lot easier. We're like, no more, not too many returns. We love it. But yeah. um, it's great because I think people really click with the product. And I think wrinkled clothes is, is a problem that a lot of people have and they want to look polished and they want to look, uh, put their best foot forward. And the Nori Pressway allows you to do that. So um, it's great to see all the happy customers and even just the customer testimonials uh, from it's one thing when we, we have our moms being like, oh, we love it. But having people that are removed from us completely saying how much of a difference it's made in their lives um, makes us really happy and brings us a lot of joy. No, for sure. And I feel like you guys have had a ton of amazing press lately. Like, were you just on the Today Show or something? And then yeah. I know you just did a collab um, with something Navy, correct? So. Yes. 
That's yeah, amazing. We, yeah, we're lucky. We've gotten some great press. Our um, head of PR is fantastic, and she does a great job. And um, we've been in Vogue, Town and Country, Forbes, and Fast Company. And I won't keep going, but um, yeah, it's it's great. I think editors again are just jazzed up to write about something different and something new about kind of these like female founders uh, breaking into the hardware industry and um, just taking a whole new approach to the iron and steel market. Yeah. Now, on the flip side to that, what would you say is your greatest challenge? Like what's been the hardest part? Yeah, I would say um, every day is kind of a new (laughs) new challenge, Um, whether that be across supply chain. um, That's been a whole beast of itself. Marketing, there's product development, um, but trying to remain focused on the greater strategy and thinking long term with the brand's mission in mind and um, goals that we have set, um, that can be a challenge, kind of um, kind of trying to balance everything. So trying to balance the minute challenges that you face every day, um, which is great and not too bad, but then really trying to keep in mind the brand's overall mission and long-term goal. Um, that in itself can be a challenge. No, for yeah. sure. I think everyone kind of has that struggle, though, if they own a business. Totally. Um, in terms of inspiration, like – who inspires you or where do you get inspiration for your business in terms of, I don't know, whether it's a new marketing campaign with it. Uh, Let's just talk a little bit about inspiration for you. Yeah. Inspiration. Honestly, I think um, I kind of talked about this earlier, but I think the scariest part can be about entrepreneurship is taking that leap and actually making it happen. So I think so many people have these amazing million dollar ideas Mm -hmm. that can come to them in showers and come to them in random moments, but I have a lot of respect and I'm really inspired by the people that kind of have the guts to execute it and work really hard to make it happen because I think it's really easy to say you have this idea, but everyone, I'm just in like you with this podcast, everyone, I'm just the people that really make it happen. I think, um, they inspire me to just keep going, um, which is fantastic. And, inspired by, um, yeah, a lot of people are inspired by a lot of female entrepreneurs, just entrepreneurs in general, um, and just in awe of people that really make it happen. And it brings like hope to me that I'm like, okay, if this business is making it happen and doing it, then um, it inspires me to keep working harder. I am with you on that same page completely. I feel like that with my PR business, with the podcast, that's what inspires me too. Seeing other people, you know, come up with an idea, achieve their dreams, all of that is so inspiring and keeps us motivated. You know, it's like fuel. Totally. I'm like, okay, if this person can do it, I'm like, we got it. But no, anyone that exactly just worked hard to make their dream happen, uh, I have total respect for it and complete awe of. Yep. Now, since this is the Preppy Podcast, I always ask everyone, what does Preppy mean to you? Like, how would you describe Preppy in these modern times? Totally. So... For me personally, um, it's a way for me to almost like express my femininity. Um, I've always had kind of a slightly preppy style. I love fun colors. I love bold patterns. Um, And I think it's just because it makes me happy. I think it puts a smile on my face when I see bright colors. Um, I think if I were wearing gray all day, I would totally fine if that is your style. But I love adding just some color and some pop into life. And um, that's kind of what preppy means to me. And even with the Nori Press box, that's kind of what we tried to do as well is how do we make this uh, like lively? How do we cheer it up? Um, And we were able to achieve that through that brighter blue color um, 
So yeah, I think it preppy style definitely. Um, you can't be styled looking at preppy style. It makes me very happy. Yeah, that's a great answer. It is very happy. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that you've done some really cool collabs, um, mm-hmm. but who would you say your dream customer or like dream collab would be? Like it could be a famous person, a royal, or maybe like an icon that's no longer with us, but you're just like that person epitomizes like Nori. Yeah, I think, well, an always female entrepreneur that I'm just absolutely obsessed with is uh, Sarah Blakely. So I think if I saw her name come up in our Shopify, I would probably freak out and start screaming. Um, but it's funny. There's all different cool celebrities that buy the Nori Press, and um, it's always funny to see. We're like, okay, remain chill, remain cool. Um, <laughs> but the main goal is to tailor the Nori brand to as many people as possible. So yeah. the more people that can find use and uh, the more people that the Nori Press brings ease and efficiency to, that's ultimately the um, – and the end goal. So um, dream customer would almost be almost like anyone that finds it easy to use. But yeah, we've partnered with, um, we recently just partnered with Something Navy, which was a massive dream collab of ours from the very beginning. We uh, were 10 months in, so we launched this past May 24th of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my co-founder and I, we were just going, before we launched, we kind of wrote down our goals um, of what we wanted to be seen in five years or whatnot. And one of those goals was um, have something maybe notice it or whatever and to create our first co-branded product with them. Um, that was a pretty surreal, great moment. Um, and I think any other, we love partnering with other female-founded brands. I think Summer Fridays would be really cool, but there's so many other just amazing collabs that are worth dreaming up of um and there's so many talented people out there so just to partner with um all those smart people would just be um another dream come true yeah i could see like a nori press with some sort of print or pattern on it like a love shack fancy like floral print or something like that would be so cool totally that's amazing (laughs) my co-founder is actually just talking about that um, doing a cool pattern because right now we have colors, but we were yeah. thinking, how do we expand um, and do something different? And that was actually on our list. So um, that's so funny you say that. I would, I think that, I mean, I love prints and patterns and mixing yes. things like that. So that I'm putting that out there for you guys. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Manifest that. We're all about manifesting. Exactly. Um, now, what are some of your favorite accounts to follow on social media? Like, are there any influencers or other brands like um, small yeah. businesses? Like, who do you want to shout out to tell people to take a look at? There are so many. Personally, I um, there are so many. I think one of the funniest, when I go on Instagram, I just want to go laugh. Uh, I love Corporate Natalie. I think she has really funny um, office memes that kind of poke fun at office culture. Um, and so she's very entertaining. We were able to partner with her for our launch. Um, and she's just a good laugh out loud if you want to just scroll. And that's kind of the fun of social media, right? You just go and have fun and kind of take your mind off things. So she definitely provides uh, some great laughs and definitely uh, enjoy listening to and watching her various reels. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Everyone needs some humor in their life. Mm -hmm. So what's next for you guys? Any sneak peeks of anything that you can let us know or what you're working on next or something exciting? 
we have um so we're something maybe co-branded product that um we just sold out but is actually getting restocked this coming monday which is so exciting um we have a few new colors coming out we have some really exciting wholesale partnerships um that we'll also be announcing uh we have some new products so we have some um, there's all sorts of new brand <laughs> partnerships. So I wish I could give exact more, but there's a lot of exciting things in the works, um, that we're working on every day. Um, and so a lot of exciting things, uh, coming up, which is so great. Oh, I cannot wait to see. Yes. So my last question is where can people find you? Let everyone know Nori's website, uh, social media handle, all of that so that they can follow along, shop the product. Um, let everyone know that. Totally. That's so nice of you. Um, so it's funny, Nori, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, but Nori is actually iron spelled backwards. Um, so, and that's kind of because we're revolutionizing the ironing industry, but easy way to remember um, for like social media and whatnot is mm-hmm. it's iron spelled backwards. But anyways, uh, we are available to shop on our website at nori.co. Uh, we're on Nordstrom. We're on Zola for all those um, budding brides out there for looking for a wedding registry. Um, we're on the something Navy marketplace and, um, our social media, our Instagram, which we're fairly, um, active on is meet Nori. So, um, would love for everyone to follow along and continue, um, with us on this journey. Well, thank you so much, Annabelle. This was so fun. I loved learning more about your product. Um, and I'm so excited to see what you guys are doing next. No, thank you for having us. It was so fun um, chatting with you and really appreciate uh, you taking the time to ask these questions. Thank you so much for listening to the Preppy Podcast. I hope this put a little prep in your step for the day. Please subscribe, rate, and review on wherever you listen to your podcast and follow along with at the Preppy Podcast on social media.